The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And one of the things that our newsletter subscribers get from us at Cognolytica is sort of insights into what's been happening in the news because so much happens with AI every day. Some of it is on the technology side because stuff gets released all the time. Some of it's on the trustworthy AI side, especially as organizations get into trouble. And some of it is best practices and tips. And so what we've been doing in a lot of our podcasts is highlighting a lot of the best practices. We've had interviews with some of our CPMAI trainees and certified folks, as well as going over our trustworthy AI series and our generative AI series. And as I mentioned, we also have a newsletter that goes out to our LinkedIn friends. So if you're on LinkedIn, please look for the Cognolytica AI and best uh, AI and data best practices newsletter. And we always share a bunch of things that are happening. We also might have that on our website, but LinkedIn is the best place at this point to find that and connect with us on LinkedIn while you are there. And we have been highlighting some topics that have really been coming across the news because they put into sharp focus a lot of the things that we talk about all the time on this AI Today podcast. Exactly. We always talk a lot about ripped from the headlines and say, you don't want to be in the headlines for untrustworthy AI or using AI, you know, misusing AI. And we don't make this stuff up. It's literally ripped right from the headlines. So today we wanted to devote some time to lessons learned from the Rite Aid facial recognition ban. In case you are not familiar with what happened, we'll link to the article in the show notes so that you can give it a full read, but we'll also talk a lot about it on today's podcast. I'll also link to the newsletter sign up as well so that you can click right on that and get stay subscribed for all of our upcoming newsletters. And you can also read more about this. But really, so what happened was that Rite Aid from about 2012 to 2020 was using facial recognition technology in its stores. And it came to light that it was, uh, you know, we always say that AI systems, including facial recognition, are probabilistic, not deterministic, which means it's never going to give you 100% accuracy. And so Rite Aid has come under fire as one of the most recent companies to, you know, for their use or misuse of AI. And it was falsely identifying people in the store as criminals, as shoplifters, or doing other, uh, you know, criminal acts. And it, like I said, it was falsely identifying a large number of people. So Rite Aid got in a lot of trouble, and they just had their facial recognition system technology banned by the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, for five years. So this, this really is monumental news. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Rite Aid, especially if you're a f- listener from overseas, Rite Aid is a really large retail uh, operation, and you know they are you know similar to say a Walgreens or a CVS and folks like that. They do a bunch of things, and you know uh, some some health stuff and some uh, you know regular consumery stuff. So if you're doing anything in retail, this is going to be kind of interesting, especially if in the U.S. So what exactly happened? What went wrong here? So what went wrong uh, is a few things. The first thing is that, as Kathleen mentioned, there were significant issues with biased data in the system. So 
Rite Aid used a facial recognition system. It's They've been using it for quite a while, which is interesting. If you think about it, 2012 wasn't exactly the heyday. Uh, although people were talking about AI, it was definitely not the heyday. And this system was being used to identify people. They would have their surveillance cameras in the store. And I guess there was some sort of way for the employees in the store to get a notification that somebody was, I guess, in the store that matched some previously identified profile as somebody who was was shoplifting or accused of shoplifting, shoplifting, whatever. Now, of course, as Kathleen mentioned, these AI systems are probabilistic. And the problem was is that they didn't have enough diverse training data and enough good quality data images. And as a matter of fact, the source of these images is a little surprising if you want to think about sort of what this AI system, if you're going to use it to like, you know, ban people or whatever, you'd think that you'd have a really strong set of training data. But no, right, Kathleen, it was just like some not the best training data. Right. So the company, Rite Aid, had collected tens of thousands of images of individuals. And obviously, we had talked about how these were low quality images. They came from security cameras at Rite Aid. They also came from employee phone cameras and even news stories, according to the complaint. So let's try and remember if we can back to 2012. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you know what phone quality images were like? Uh, not the best. And also I can't right now. They were, they were terrible. I'm like, okay. And then also, I mean, I think anybody that's looked at a security camera knows that that footage is not great. So seriously, Rite Aid was using this. And so the images were of such low quality, such low quality that they were using that for training data, which is supposed to be good quality data. Okay. It was of such low quality that they ended up framing innocent people, which caused a lot of harm to those people emotionally. You know, they were being accused of something that they didn't do. And that's never a good thing. And it was in front of maybe family, friends, colleagues, you know, their children. Um, So this definitely was not not a good thing. Yeah. And so this connects to the next thing, which is that, okay, well, this AI system wasn't that great. So you'd think that employees who maybe would have some knowledge of that might take whatever the AI system provided as maybe a suggestion or a possibility, but no, not in this case. What actually happened was that the writing employees just blindly trusted the AI system. Uh, According to the FTC complaint, it said employees acting on false positive alerts followed customers around its store, consumers around its stores, searched them, which is crazy, ordered them to leave, called the police to confront or remove consumers, and publicly accused them, sometimes in front of friends or family, of shoplifting or other wrongdoing, according to the complaint. All because the AI system flagged them as a possible shoplifter. So we always make fun of this one example from the office where, you know, uh, you know they're driving the car and Dwight's like, you know, he might he, he turns to the right. He kind of drives into the lake and Dwight's like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, it's because the, the GPS said turn right. So I turned right. It's like, well, use your head. You actually haven't. You know, it's crazy to drive into a lake because the GPS tells you to drive into the lake. Didn't actually say drive into a lake. Just said turn right. Use your head. So, <laughs> you know, obviously Rite Aid missed the story here, right? AI systems are probabilistic and they often get things wrong. It's like, have you used GPT at all in the last couple weeks? Have you talked to Alexa, right? This is ridiculous that people would trust it like this. Right. And this, you know, you you can on one hand go, wow, I can't believe that employees blindly trusted these AI systems. 
But really, you need to say, I can't believe that Rite Aid didn't properly train their employees and didn't let them know that this was probabilistic, not deterministic, so that you can get false positives. And maybe this can be used as one way to determine if somebody was doing something illegal, but not the only way if they were doing something illegal. And and this is what happens, right? If you have lack of sufficient human oversight in your AI solutions, then things can go wrong. And this is an, an unfortunate example of that actually happening. Another issue that they had was a lack of AI system controls and framework. So we talk a lot about how yeah, you need to have human in the loop, but then you also need to make sure that you have, you know, controls in place because otherwise things can go rogue and they can go off the rails really fast. So the complaint said that Rite Aid had failed to consider and mitigate potential risks to consumers, test, assess, measure, document, or inquire about the accuracy of its facial recognition technology before deploying it. Prevent the use of low-quality images in connection with its facial recognition technology and regularly monitor or test the accuracy of the technology after it was deployed and adequately train employees. We talk a lot on this podcast about model drift and data drift and, you know, models can decay over time. So you constantly need to be making sure that this technology, whatever it is that you're deploying, is within its you know, threshold, an acceptable threshold. And that's something that you have to set. This is why it's, you know, you need to have a human in the loop. You need to be monitoring your systems. So it sounds like, you know, really at the end of the day, Rite Aid just kind of put this technology out and they didn't have anything in place, uh, you know, around best practices with following AI methodologies or frameworks. And they definitely didn't have anything around trustworthy AI where, you know, they were not, we talk about the five, levels of trustworthy AI. We have ethical AI, responsible AI, uh, governed, trustworthy, and explainable AI. They really weren't answering any of these critical questions. And when you don't answer this, then this is, you know, a prime example of what can actually happen. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's almost like they followed the list of worst practices. <laughs> they said, "They said, oh, we're going to get a technology. We'll put it in, and we'll we will set it and forget it. We will be like, it'll be in, and it'll work. And then the employees is like, yeah, we're not going to test it. We're not going to train our employees. If the system says uh, person shoplifted, we're going to go and arrest. Say, okay, this person needs to be arrested. Let's kick this person out. They they didn't they didn't do any follow up." Uh, improvement of the images. They didn't prevent low-quality images. They're like, oh, there was a news article about somebody being arrested for shoplifting. Hey, drag and drop that image into our system. That'll be the new training data. It's like, okay, one image from one news source, like you think that's going to work, right? How about I use that to identify you? That won't work. It's like they followed literally every worst practice. And and the thing about a framework, if some, some people, I don't know, they feel it's very uh, academic or, or I don't know what they feel. They're like uh, it, it feels like brushing your teeth and losing weight. Nobody wants to do these things, but you have to do these things, right? You know, and, and it's like, well, all a framework is, it says, how are you going to manage and run your AI system so you stay out of trouble? The framework says, one, how will I deal with new data? How will I train my employees? How will I deal with the results? How will I continue to monitor the system? How will I make sure that if something is recommending something, that could be a problem? Do I have any oversight? Do I have any claims? How am I going to check all this stuff? And if and basically, right, it said, whatever. Uh, we'll deal. We'll either deal with it when it happens, or never deal with it at all. We just want this AI system up, right? 
And it's ridiculous. Did it actually reduce shoplifting rates at Rite Aid? I don't know if it did. You know, did it actually improve anything other than just uh, not requiring them to have a security person looking at the security cameras? Because that's, I think, what they were doing. They're just trying to reduce the, the cost of someone actually looking at the security cameras. And they're like, oh, we'll let the AI system just take care of it, which is not necessarily a terrible idea, but it's terrible when you have no other framework around it. And this sort of brings us to this point, which is that people just like to buy AI solutions and put them into place and say, I bought the solution. And then they feel, okay, well, if there's a problem, you can always blame the technology supplier. But that's not what happened here. FTC didn't ban the technology provider for five years. They banned Rite Aid for five years. So buying an AI solution does not absolve you of responsibility. If you want to buy a solution, then you should say, I am 100% responsible for this because if something goes wrong, they're going to come after me. And I think that is one of the core aspects of the complaint. It actually said the company failed to take reasonable measures to prevent harm to consumers. That is the core of the complaint. So it doesn't matter if you bought the AI system from someone else, you built it yourself, somebody did it as an intern project for five weeks and you decided just to keep it up for another eight years. Who the heck knows how this happened? But the FTC didn't care. And if this sounds a lot like you, you should be scared. Exactly. And we have had podcasts on our AI failure series. I mean, this is like check in the box on many of them. We talk about data quality issues. We talk about data quantity issues. So not only do you need good quality data, but you need a sufficient amount of that. And you need to make sure that you are representing society as a whole, especially if you are a large retail store like Rite Aid, where, you know, uh, they have stores all throughout the United States with you know, all all different uh, types of people, you want to make sure that you're not falsely identifying just certain certain individuals and groups of individuals. We also talk about don't believe the vendor hype. And who knows exactly what happened with why Rite Aid bought the technology that they did from these vendors. But really, you know, if you're buying this, it doesn't absolve you from responsibility. It's not the vendor's problem. It's your problem at the end of the day, because Rite Aid is the one that, you know, as Ron said, is the one with this ban now. So, I mean, but, you know, listen to the use case series um, if you're interested in it, because it still is relevant. And actually, we're going to be revisiting it in 2024 because it is so relevant and it remains relevant. And we don't want you to be a failure statistic because you're investing all of this time, money and resources into your AI projects. You want them to succeed. And also, we talk a lot about trust. And if you lose trust from the consumer, then it's really hard to impossible to get back. I mean, think about if you were one of those people that was wrongly accused at Rite Aid, would you ever shop there again? I absolutely would not. So, you know, you don't want to be losing trust. And now it's out in the news. So everybody knows about this and it maybe will make you think twice. Yeah. So, so what does this mean for you? Right, Kathleen? We got yeah. we always drop it down to, to our to, to our listeners because we, we want we want you to gain something out of this. Even if you feel like, well, I'm not a retailer, I'm not in the US, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I'm not using time. facial recognition technology. I don't care. And we say, well, hold on a second. Let's let's take a step back and look at this more broadly. So, because what does this mean for you? Right? You know, if you're not right aid and you're not doing facial recognition yet, if you think, if you're even thinking about it, anybody doing facial recognition especially in the United States, now has a target on their back because the FTC is monitoring AI and facial recognition systems in particular very closely. 
In the article that we'll link to, the FTC said that this groundbreaking order makes clear that the commission will be vigilant in protecting the public from unfair unfair biometric surveillance and unfair data security practices. So if you're planning on rolling out facial recognition, really be prepared to be in the hot seat and make sure that you have a trustworthy AI framework in place so that when you get asked these tough questions and God forbid anything goes wrong, you can say, this is what happened. This was our human oversight. This is how we are monitoring our systems. And you have answers to all the questions that are being thrown at you. Yeah. And that that's really the next part. It's like they didn't even have any sort of framework. Of course, we would have loved them to use the trustworthy AI framework. That is the most comprehensive, which is based on over 63 national and international uh, frameworks for trustworthy AI across all five levels of trustworthy AI. That is the gold standard if you're looking to do something. But they didn't even do anything. They didn't even have like a, a list of ongoing training, uh, quality review. They didn't have a, a chain of command. They didn't have anybody who was accountable. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't do anything, right? And if they just had something in place, and, it, and of course, and implemented it, they would have actually avoided many of these issues. The first time they had some sort of complaints from people who were on you know, falsely accused. You didn't have to wait for the FTC to get involved here. You could have, you could have, you know, stemmed that tide, maybe pulled back the system, retrained your employees, maybe improved the, the, the data in the system, maybe decide it's not really working after all, whatever it is, right? That's what a framework does. It helps you figure out the answer to your question. And of course, the next thing is that people always say, well, data bias issues are, are a problem. And I guess they, I don't know, people think of it again, like academically, but no, data bias issues will come to bite you if you don't watch out. They will they will get your systems banned, blocked, fined. Somebody might go to jail. That person who goes to jail might not be the person you want to go to jail. It might be you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, everybody knows. We, we go over this in quite some detail in our CPMI training. Everybody who's been through CPMI training, especially the Plus C framework, knows that you have to address data bias issues in the second phase, second part of the, of the of CPMI, the second phase of data understanding. You need to understand what is the kind of data you're working with and what does your population look like. And if these two things don't match up, you will have problems, right? Exactly. And, all, yeah. and also, you know, we've had a lot of interviews with folks, with some from our CPMI certified community and some from industry. Data and data quality issues and data bias issues is just a common theme. So you really do need to have an understanding of your data, your data sources, making sure that you have enough data sources, enough data to really try and mitigate that bias as much as you can. Um, otherwise, even with just, you know, data projects, you're really going to run into trouble, let alone AI projects. And then also, you need to make sure that your AI systems have constant human supervision. Ron said earlier, it's never a set it and forget it. We say that all the time on the podcast because it is so important. Never blindly trust an AI system ever, especially one that can cause this personal harm that this system did. We, you know, we say don't drive over a cliff just because the AI system tells you to, or don't drive into a lake, or don't drive into oncoming traffic just because something tells you to do it. Yeah. Like. We really need to have common sense. We have to have critical thinking, and we need to make sure that we constantly have a human or a team of humans overseeing these projects. And that's what that trustworthy AI framework helps you identify. 
because you want to make sure that one, you have a human in place. Two, that human knows that they are the person that needs to be in place. That sounds simple enough, but you need to you need to identify that. And is it a role? Is it a person? Is it a team of people? What if that person leaves? Who's going to take over that role? These are all important questions and ones that you need to have answers to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really, this all comes down to a couple of takeaways, which I think are general for for everyone who's listening, whether you're thinking about building an AI project, or whether you're building AI projects for yourself or for other customers, or whether you're a technology vendor, supplier, even a researcher, you know, obviously the big takeaway is don't follow in right hand's footsteps. I mean, that's the clearest thing. There's like, this is a ta- easily black and white to say this was wrong. They got into trouble. They are paying the price for it now. So don't do that. Don't do any of the things we just talked about. You know, keep an eye, you have a framework in place, keep an eye on the quality of your data, train your employees, monitor, manage your systems, you know, do constant testing. If something is recommending something extreme, don't just blindly follow it. All the stuff that hopefully our listeners believe is common sense, but whoever is in charge of these systems at Rite Aid didn't follow that. So Obviously, don't follow in the in the in those footsteps. And if, and we will tell you, it's like you know, we're not here just to tell you about our training and certification because that is the primary way in which we work with our customers. The reason where these things came from is they came from failures. CPMAI and Trustworthy AI, both the things we did, came from the fact that so many companies were either failing in their AI projects, and there are these common ways in which they were failing. So why don't we just try to not fail those ways, right? That's what CPMAI is all about. That's the Cognitive Project Management for AI. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI, which will tell you more about it. And there's a free intro course as well there on the one hand. And on the other hand, there's trustworthy AI, which are the five different layers of of trustworthiness, because not everything is just about you know, making sure robots don't kill you. I mean, that's, yeah, important. But there's a lot of stuff around transparency. We just heard about governance here, rules and processes and structures and frameworks. We heard about even things like training and even explainability and responsible use of AI. Holy smokes. Like all of those things were, were problems here. And that's the whole idea of trustworthiness. And so we bring all of that into our courses and our training mainly because we want you, our listeners and the people going through that to to do it, to be on the right side, to be successful and not get into trouble in doing that. Exactly. So we'll link to the podcast that we had referenced as well as our trustworthy AI framework certification and our CPMAI plus E training and certification in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to AI today because we have many uh, awesome podcasts lined up. We have some upcoming interviews that we're excited about. And then we're also going to be, uh, you know, revisiting some of the some of the things that we had done in the past. Like I said, we'll be revisiting our AI failure series because it's still very relevant now, uh, just as it was a few years ago when we had that series come out. And it's important to learn from others. You know, that's, that's really why we have these podcasts and these interviews as well because we want you to learn from others and we don't want you to be making these mistakes. So learn from others, let them make the mistakes, and then you can have successful AI projects. And we will also make sure to, um, you know, we love to hear from our listeners. I know that many of you reach out to us and you let us know which 
podcast you like, which topics you'd like us to dig maybe a little bit deeper into. So definitely please keep reaching out. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can go to Cognolytica.com to find us, or you can email us at info at Cognolytica.com. That's info at C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. And make sure to rate our podcast as well. We do love to hear from our listeners and we read all of them. Uh, It helps us figure out, again, which podcasts you've enjoyed and the topics that you'd like us to dig a little bit deeper into. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at AIToday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.